All right, welcome back to the Face Off Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson, and I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. Uh, I always appreciate it when you guys tune in. Um, well, anyway, um, we have a uh, another special episode. I know that I say all, the, all of them are special in their own unique ways, but this one does happen to be uh, particularly special. Um, I have a lot of guests on the show, um, and there are people that um, you know I, I may have looked up to uh, as a younger kid, or I've maybe played with, or maybe they've coached me. There's a lot of people um, that I have on this show, but there's not a whole lot of them um, that I've known for, I would go ahead and say, the majority uh, of my lifetime. But um, I happen to have on the show today somebody that I've known uh, since I was uh, a young child. Um, he spent a lot of time uh, in my hometown of Tulsa, Oklahoma, but is now uh, a resident here in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area, coaching a couple hockey teams down here. Uh, but anyway, just wanted to get to my guest for the show today. We have Derek Toninato. Derek, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Adam. How's it going? It's going well. And uh, first off, I have to apologize. I know that I have a lot of uh, uh, shifting schedules uh, just like you do. And a lot of the times when I'm trying to get somebody on the show, uh, they have things that kind of pop up last minute and you know, we can't kind of keep having to push it back, but this was actually my fault because we've been trying to get this going for a few weeks now. And uh, so I apologize for giving you the, the run around. Things have been crazy and busy, but no worries. Uh, I'm, I'm, no sure worries. They, I'm sure they've been crazy and uh, busy uh, with you as well. Um, but we'll yeah. get into, we'll get into here pretty shortly. Uh, maybe why it's been so uh, busy uh, and busy is not a bad thing, but uh, no. we'll get into, uh, we'll get into what you uh, got going on down here. So I just wanted you to start this episode off the same way that everybody starts this off. And uh, even though I know a lot of the answers of the questions I'm going to ask, I still think it's important uh, for everybody else to kind of to, to figure out where you came from. And uh, I think that's important. So if you wouldn't mind just kind of talking about how you first got uh, involved in the game of hockey. Um, I know that uh, you started up uh, north uh, and I consider it kind of north, northwest. Um, but if you could uh, uh, Midwest, yeah. I'm sorry. If you could go ahead and just kind of tell us how you got uh, how you got involved in the sport. So my dad um, got me involved, and he he actually still refs to this day, um, but he he's just always loved the game, and so I naturally followed in that. And one of my first memories was in the home rink that I learned how to skate um, and play hockey, and was in Rice Lake, Wisconsin. It's northeast, excuse me, northwest Wisconsin, and uh, I was born in Green Bay. We moved when I was two and then um, lived in Rice Lake till I was 10. And then my parents moved us back to Green Bay. And that's where I, that's where I spent the rest of my uh, childhood and until I went to, to juniors in college. Um, so in that rink, um, there was a team that was a high school team, the Rice Lake Warriors. And I would, from a very young age, go watch them. And so that's all I want to do. I want to be like the, one of the high, high school team players and, and so one of the first games that I played, one of my vivid memories was the moms were just cheering their heads off. And every time someone scored, you know, we were, we were celebrating like the high school team where we all come together and, you know, I was doing the old pumpernickel or whatever. And my, my dad would skate up behind me. Um, he'd say, hey, good shot, but you know, just go back to the bench. <laughs> Stop showboating so much, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, so that's a fun one. Um, well, if you don't mind me interrupting, though, because I, I do want to get your take on this, because I, I've been kind of uh, I understand that the game is changing uh, a little bit, but I was brought up in kind of similar uh, to your dad's, uh, you know, um, way, way of thinking about the game was pretty close to my dad's. 
And the the celebrating thing was not really what it is today. Now you have like whole choreographed uh, celebrations. You have all yeah. these young kids do it, doing all these things. But the old school mindset says, okay, like, ah, you, you, you kids shouldn't be out there celebrating. Uh, but at the end of the day, should we just admit that the game's changing? Or what are your thoughts on these uh, celebrations? Because I don't feel like, uh, I feel like that's something that's just, that's kind of changed. We, we didn't grow up necessarily uh, doing it the way that the kids do now. Are we just, are we being grumpy old men or, or how do you feel about the way that the, the, the kids celebrate these days? Um, well, I think, you know, it's obviously a change in, uh, you're right. in the change in the culture of, of the game, uh, the game's much more skilled now than it was. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, with that, you're going to have different, I think, characteristics be pulled out of people's personalities. And I think one of them is just the whole celebration piece of it. And, you know, as a society, we celebrate pretty much everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. um, so it's pretty normal, I think, to celebrate more right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay. As long mm-hmm. as it's not, um, intended to go the opponent or just be, you know, super arrogant or whatever, which you can tell, I mean, body language is, is language, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, communication at, at experts and studies show that your body language really communicates a lot. So I think you can definitely tell when a guy's being, you know, just a, just a kind of a jerk about it. And when they're just truly happy and, and yeah. celebrating and, 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 and really just joyful about it and, and trying to get the crowd going or whatever. And I think that's okay. It's yeah, yeah. Different era, you know. Like if you look at the old you look at the old clips of like Gordy Howe's day, they didn't even raise their hands hard. They raised <laughs> their hands for a little bit, yeah, pat, pat each other on the head and back and got back to the bench. And it's just a different era. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so um, you know, I think you know, our dads kind of transitioned out of that and then we transitioned out of that. And now we're seeing the kids now where it's just like they got they they, they know what they're doing when they score. Right. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> yeah, no, they, they definitely do. You kind of went like, I, I don't know when I, I, I was winging it. I just, whatever I felt like, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, now, but then now, now you have like signature celebrations and stuff like that. And now you even see it where like the kids are practicing their celebrations in practice. And it's like, okay, like I understand. That's that, a little know. much. I, uh, like, uh, you know, it's like, Hey, you just happen to, to go around the drill and it might like, it's, it's always meant as kind of like a joke, I think on their part, but they're still mm-hmm. practicing the celebration. For sure. You know what I mean, if it's a one knee type situation or maybe there's a little spinorama in there somewhere. Uh, but uh, anyway, <laughs> although although that was not the way that we were brought up, uh, it, it is uh, it makes the game maybe a little bit more uh, uh, fun to watch, uh, at least on TV. But uh, anyway, getting back to your story, um, your dad didn't let you celebrate. Uh, you were looking up to your uh, to your local team there. Um, at what point do you kind of start skating and where are you? Are you in Green Bay? And what does uh, youth hockey look like uh, where you're playing? Well, I, I, I played, you know, Mites and um, I think my first year squirt in Rice Lake and then we moved back to Green Bay. So it was, it was actually a pretty clear transition. I remember not knowing anybody and um, going to the new team and the new school and all that. And, um, and you know, all kids are pretty resilient. So I got, got past that. And once I got back into my element, I just loved hockey. Like when I was in Rice Lake, all I did was play. You know, like, mm-hmm. and that was the culture there. Like everybody just, 
the high school team was it, you know, and, and, you know, during the winter anyway, in the fall, that the football team was, you know, during the winter, the hockey team was. And so like, I, I was doing all of it. Like I played football, I played hockey, I played baseball and soccer in the spring and summer. And it was just, a, again, another different era where you just kind of hung the skates up for a little bit when we were younger and just did these other sports, but not anymore. Like it's a 11 month, um, if not 12 months, like sport for the real competitive kids, which, you know, I don't, I, I wish it wasn't to be honest with you, but it's just mm-hmm. everybody's doing it, you know? Yeah. So, so for me, I just really just wanted to play, you know, and I just remember looking up to the high school team there. And then when I moved to Green Bay, I didn't really know anybody. And the, the high school wasn't actually as prevalent, believe it or not, uh, as it was not in that little town of Rice Lake. And so um, I was just playing to play at that point and making new friends. And, and that's when I really decided I wanted to kind of go to the NHL. I just was getting the hockey news in the mail, you know, and there wasn't the internet. So you waited once a week or month or whatever it was. Um, you know, and just studied the thing that posters all over the wall, like every other kid that wanted to play and, and just, you know, shot on my brother in the garage and he shot on me and we would fight after a while and then get back to shooting. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just the normal thing, you know? So, um, you know, all in all, it was just, you know, a lot simpler times I look at today and with the distraction of screens and all the things that we can just get so easily distracted with today. It was just a much, much more simpler, peaceful time. I think like internally, like in your soul, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so just to go out and just do something, you know? Yeah. So, well, um, yeah. Well, and it's kind of one of those things and sorry to interrupt, but, uh, it's one of those things where I, you know, I see a lot of parents and they're like, well, how do I get, you know, a kid off the Xbox or, you know, whatever. And, you know, for us, like, yeah, I, I had video games when we were growing up. But for the most part, like, I wanted to be out in the garage shooting or I wanted to be, uh, yeah. you know, skating around. Obviously, uh, grow, me growing up in Oklahoma, we didn't have outdoor ice or anything, but I was on my rollerblades. I was it was just something that I wanted to do. And sometimes you see these these parents or these people that are are spending all this money for their kids to get better at hockey, but they have the chances and the opportunity to kind of get better on their own at home. And I just don't think that sometimes they want to do that. They would rather be, and this is a broad generalization here, but you know, they'd rather be a watching TV or playing video games or whatever it is. And I just, it's one of those things I feel like if it's really something that you want, you really want to become a better hockey player. Like there are kids that you will be playing against that next season that are in the garage and they are shooting or they are, you know, they're, they're working on things because they really want to. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, if you're just waiting for that ice time, um, I, I just, I, I don't think that that's always the, the best idea. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I, I agree. And there was, it was even like that when, when I was growing up, I, I remember having, um, you know, friends or acquaintances that would, I would hear they're going to this camp this week and then that hockey camp the next week. And then they're just doing all this stuff for hockey. I went to one hockey camp this summer, and it was because it was in my mom and dad's hometown, so I could visit my grandparents and my cousins and my aunts and uncles, and that was why, you know, mm-hmm. not because of hockey even, but it was something to do for me during the day as well, so they did it. But it was, um, you know, my dad would say, well, you can shoot, you can run, you can, you can do all kinds of things to get better. You know, I think there's something to that, like the old, rocky mindset where where you get the grit and the moxie 
is when no one's looking and you, mm-hmm. you got to build that hunger. There's something to be said about being hungry, you know, and like you can do all the lessons you want, but if you're not hungry, I don't think it matters. Right? Yeah. Like you're you're going to get beat by someone that really wants it at some point, you know? Yeah. And, um, and you know, it will get you to a certain level of skill for sure. Cause you're working on it. Like anytime you put reps into something, you're going to get better at it. So, you know, it's just a balance. I think nowadays it's such a balance because like they didn't, the kids don't play outside. Like we all used to, like, it's a different time. I mean, kids are getting shot at school left and right. Like mm-hmm. it's out of control, you know, and, um, you can't let your kids do much anymore. And that's really sad. Right. Yeah. And so with that, going back to the training components, well, how are they supposed to go do that stuff? Like they company constant oversight. Well, parents can't constantly oversee their kids. It's like a full-time job. If like, how are they going to work? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. how's that going to, how's that going to happen? You know? So like the, 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 the model for, for, for skills development in honest training sessions and, off ice training sessions with a coach is it fits because they're supervised, you know? Mm-hmm. So you kind of get that piece and you also need that piece, but you also need something that you do on your own, maybe shooting in your garage where it's just you and you're fighting through it and you're just, and you're, just, you're doing it cause you want it, even though you're frustrated or maybe you're not having a good day of shooting or whatever, you know, like you just got to go out there and do it and get mm-hmm. blisters on your hands. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Get some blisters on your hands for crying out loud. Like get, get a little mental toughness going. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it's required. It's required in to be great in anything. You got to fight through it. You know, you got to learn to persevere. And and for kids in hockey, I don't know that that translates all the time because of everything that you know we just talked about. Right? It's, it's mm-hmm. actually a little bit more challenging. Challenging, I think. Like. You know, when we're growing up, we would get in a fist fight at the at the deal, and we'd have to overcome our fear and get up. If, if you're you got beat up, you get you're embarrassed for a little bit, it, but you moved on with life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and you got through it, right? And and that there's not much of that happening anymore. Yeah, well, and it's it's also, and and I'm not saying that this is prevalent, but you know, with me working at a star center. Um, there, there are times to where you know, and I understanding, and I'm not saying that bullying is never okay. But as far as like, let's say I'm going to paint you a picture here. Let's say that there's a uh, a youth open hockey and it's, uh, let's say, 13 to 18. That's uh, an age group. You know, there, there's times where it's like, oh, that, that guy's being uh, that kid's being kind of rough with my kid. Da, da, da. It's like almost like, well, if your kid's wanting to become a good hockey player, I'm not saying, you know, you need to go punch him in the face or whatever. But there there are battles that need to be won out there and there are lessons that need to be learned. And it's almost just kind of about, you know, just yeah. um like there, there, there's a process and there's, there's things to be learned from just kind of battling through instead of just throwing your arms up. And I think that uh, if we're going to continue to act like grumpy old men, which is fine with me, but it's one of those <laughs> things to where like, I just don't like the whole arms up in the air. Like sometimes that like, that's your battle to fight, you know? And I just, I wish yeah. I maybe saw, maybe saw a little bit more of that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just a really interesting time. I think the kids today just have a little bit, they have a lot more luxuries, but they also have more challenges. Yes, like, they do. Like, like the luxury for them is that there's way more ex high end players out there willing to teach and give great, um, skill development sessions and lessons and, and teaching moments. There's way more of that nowadays. 
right? Mm -hmm. Which is great. Like, that's awesome. More kids can get helped, right? But then, like, what you just said, like, there's also the piece where it's like, well, they got, they got to learn about conflict resolution, mm -hmm. whether it's verbal or physical or both, you know, yes. like, and listen, we're not talking about the extreme cases here, right? Of right, course, right. we don't want any of that, right? That's terrible. But like, you know, for, for the average kid that, you know, that's going through life, you're going to have to face it at some point, but if you don't, then, you know, it's not going to go very well at some point in your life, like it's like yeah. trying to get what you want from your career yeah. or for but, but, your goals but you've, and stuff. But Derek, you, you've been coaching for quite a while now, and I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll say this about myself. And then if, if any of it applies to you, you can jump in here. But I just felt like there were times, you know, particularly last season to where, you know, there are certain issues on if they if they happen on the team. Yes, it is my job to uh, get in front of the team and, and make sure that the, the that problem is addressed. But then there's a lot of times to where it's just a kid, you know, saying something to where. If I go in and I address that at that point, nothing's really getting learned. Nothing is really, um, you know, it's just it, it's me going in and, and fixing the fixing the uh, situation uh, for them, which doesn't yeah. really teach them anything, you know? Right. Yeah, it's true. And it's, it can be tricky as a coach. Like you want to you want to let them resolve their own conflicts where it's needed, but also set the boundaries where it's needed as well, you know, so. You know, it's not really, it's not really an easy line to toe at first when you're, when you get a new group of kids, cause you don't really know the personnels and stuff. I think as the season goes along and you get to know them better and the family's better, it's much easier cause you know, you kind of know how they're thinking and their, their habits and, you know, just kind of the background there, right. From, yeah. from their behavior. But, um, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's true. You know, it's yeah. true. Well, hey, well, hey, I, I do, I do want to point you back in the direction of your story, though, oh, because I, I do, I do. No, 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 no. This is, this has been great. This has been fun. But I do want to get back. So, um, I want to start getting into where hockey starts to get uh, competitive for you. Um, not sure what age that is. Uh, obviously, uh, obviously, yeah, it was so, it was a goal and dream of yours. Yeah, Peewee. So, like after you know. I wanted to play in the NHL at a young age. That's just my goal, my dream. I mean, that's just all I did. And I don't, I can't really tell you why other than that I just love playing and I had early success. So anytime you get those two mixtures for a young kid, it's, you know, it's a positive, right? And you just dream, right? And that's what I did. And so as I kept going, I was finding that I was continuing to succeed. But then when like kids were in puberty, I was a late bloomer. So I did. And so everything became, 10 times harder for me. Everybody mm -hmm. else was stronger. The kids that I, I used to be better than are now catching me, you know? And mm -hmm. so like, that was a really, I talk about conflict resolution. I, I had to resolve in my heart what I wanted to do. One of the first times, am I going to like give up here or am I just going to keep going, you know? And so that was about uh, my second year Pee Wee, I remember. And then, um, and from that point on, that's where I went for it. That's where I remember getting really competitive. Cause then I started, then I started training off the ice in the off season after that, like mm -hmm. eighth grade, seventh and eighth grade. I mean, I didn't do weights or anything, but I just, you know, did what I knew to do and, um, and really kind of set a goal for myself and it became competitive to me, you know? And mm -hmm. so, um, 
as I was doing that, I became a little stronger. And then I was able to make um, the high school team in, in Green Bay at the high school I was going to um, my ninth grade year. So as a freshman, I made the varsity team. Oh, wow. that, was a, that was a big one for me, right? It was a big confidence boost where, you know, I could, I was playing with a lot of upper, upperclassmen. Of course, I knew all of them just from being around through the years in the youth program. So it wasn't totally new, but it was cool that I was now playing with them. And yeah. then, from, and from there, I spent a few years in high school. And my senior year, I went to uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, played triplet midget. So I billeted there my senior year, had an awesome year, really great experience uh, up there, great development. I was in all the key situations, you know, getting those game reps where you kind of want to be the guy, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Our team wasn't like stellar, but, um, but it was fine. You know, I was, I, for me, it was, I'd put me in those situations, you know, where I was able to be in key situations and, you know, establish some success. And then from there I went to, um, I went to the Green Bay Gamblers inaugural year. I got to play in my hometown for the Green Bay Gamblers in the USHL. That was pretty. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That, that's the, that's hometown. You're the hometown kid. Yeah. I was the hometown kid. And, um, and I knew at the time, even though I was young, I knew, I knew that I thought, man, this is cool. You know, mm-hmm. like, and everybody was telling me that too. And then, and you know, I just, man, you're so, then how cool is it? You get to play here, you know, in Green Bay, the first year in the USHL, blah, blah. And I was like, I know, I mean, I'm just, I was very fortunate, you know? And so, um, coach was Don Granado is now in the NHL with the Buffalo Sabres. Mm-hmm. He was a first year coach. Um, we had a rough year, but it was a good one. Um, in under a year in the USHL. And then after that, I went to the Omaha Lancers and then from there I went to college for four years. Right. right. Yeah. Cause, cause I do, I, I do remember the Lancers. I feel like anybody that uh, played hockey in the Midwest probably, uh, know, knows the Lancers, but, uh, mm-hmm. did you have a, did you have a good time in Omaha? Cause I hear it's one of those like, uh, um, I don't know. It's one of those like secret little hotbeds of hockey. Oh my. Is that, is that, a thing? Oh yeah, it was for sure. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a little outdated at, at the moment with, with, uh, but when you were there, when I was there, it was great. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was really good. Like they, they always had good teams and they sold out for five or six years in a row mm-hmm. at, uh, it was called like that's Nebraska spelled backwards as that was the, um, <laughs> That was the stadium they played at, and it was yeah. really cool atmosphere. And um, you know, to play in that environment at you know eighteen, nineteen years old is just special, you know. And yeah. um, you got treated like a pro, and and it was just really neat. A lot of good players, a lot of good friends, and um, you know, guys that you, you're able to you know just kind of track through the years as we all kept going, you know, in the college and stuff. So. It was good. It was really fun. Really, both both Green Bay and Omaha were great. You know, I had uh, Don Granado was a first year coach, um, and then when I went to Omaha, Mike Hastings, who's now in Mankato, and just doing awesome uh, with Minnesota State, um, was the first year coach in Omaha too. So I had two first year coaches, which looking back on it now probably wasn't the best scenario, you know. Because anytime you're a first year coach, it's, you're learning stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we all live and learn and go through it, and and it was it was good, you know. It was really good. Yeah, but uh, but you end up transitioning into a, a 
collegiate career. Where where is that, and what does that look like? Uh, it was at UW Stevens Point, which is um, right in the middle of Wisconsin, and um, DE three school has rich uh, hockey history background, and um, you know it was an hour and a half away from Green Bay, my hometown. So I thought, you know, I'll I'll do that rather than walk on somewhere because uh, I hadn't gotten a scholarship offer at that time, and. And I thought, well, I'm going to go there. It's a great program. I'll be able to jump in the lineup right away, you know, and contribute. So, unfortunately, that was my thinking. I wasn't even thinking about a degree or anything. Right. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, I ended up being good because I got a business degree uh, in four years from there, which was awesome. Um, I was able to graduate in my four years that I was there. So, um, had some help from upperclassmen that helped me pick the right classes. And Hey, that's uh, smart, though. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was good. No, Stevens Point was awesome. It was, yeah. uh, it was a really good, for me, it was really good because I was able to mature as a, as a, um, as a man, because as I was saying earlier, I was a late bloomer and I really hadn't physically matured or mentally matured quite yet. Yeah. And so going in as a, you know, 19 year old freshman, um, was good for me. Um, and, and in that environment where I could jump in and get some playing time right away, uh, mm -hmm. was good. I kept my confidence going and I actually got stronger after my freshman year. I got, um, kind of hit the growth, I guess, and, and put on about 12 pounds of muscle. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I'd always worked out hard. I was always working out, you know, it's just, I couldn't put it on, but, mm -hmm. um, I was able to do that. But one of the big factors in, in that too was, um, I started working for the Green Bay Packers in the summer. So in the NFL, I, I, I was able to uh, land a, a, a equipment like assistant job for, for training camp. And so, so I was in the locker room, Adam, with Brett Favre and, and Reggie White back in the day and all those guys that, you know, Mike Holmgren was the coach and he won the Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl in a long time there in 96. So. Mm -hmm. I was, I was like there at training camp and I got to see how those guys operate and how they worked, you know, and how they, they didn't just work hard. They work smart too. Yeah. So I, I actually attribute that to me having more success at college and ultimately, you know, being able to go and play pro after that, because, um, I was a small player. I had to learn how to be smart and, you know, overcome, you know, those deficiencies. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah, no, it's really good. Like a lot of things just kind of happened and, you know, point was great for me where I was able to go and land and have great teammates. And, and I mean, those guys are brothers to me to this day, you know, that, yeah. I, um, and, and was able to play some hockey there too and get yeah. it. Well, and, and, and all of those things that you just said are great, uh, Derek. And I don't know if you remember kind of, uh, our time in Tulsa, uh, but my dad's side of the family from being from Minnesota big Vikings people or Minnesota Vikings people. Oh, oh I life. remember. I used to so if you remember our time all the time. Oh, John. and every time it's cause you were proud though. You were one of those people that wore the green Bay, you know, yep. stuff. And you, you, you really, uh, it's almost like you were trying to be a target. I say that, but you were much, <laughs> the, the Packers were much better than the Vikings at that point. So it wasn't uh, the worst they play in the world, them. but just you, you, you going and wearing that in front of us. Uh, it's, it's one of those things you, you learn things from your dad, but, uh, my dad would just never allow a person to just uh, wear Packers, uh, whether clothing, hats, whatever it would be, without at least giving a friendly chirp or two. So, oh. you know, although I'm glad that you uh, enjoyed your time with the Packers, 
I feel like I, I wouldn't be doing uh, my family. Uh, I would be doing them a disservice if I didn't bring up the fact that we disagree uh, about that. Uh, well, we, we, we can leave it at that, can't we? Yeah, we can. And your dad would be really, he's really proud of you right now. Right? <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, because he, he listens to these. He's, he listens to these, and I guarantee you, if he listened to the whole thing and he didn't see me step up and say something, uh, he just, you know, he wouldn't be happy. So yeah. just felt, felt felt the need to give uh, some some purple, uh, the Vikings some love, and uh, yeah, Packers, whatever. But uh, we'll we'll move on from that. We'll, we'll, we'll move on from that now. But uh, anyway, uh, I do want to get into... Um, kind of the, that transition now uh, into your professional career because uh, you know I've had a lot of ex-pros on the show um, some of them absolutely know that they're gonna go play pro and that they can make that happen uh, to some people it's a kind of not a surprise or a shock but uh, it's an accomplishment you know nonetheless because I can actually remember because uh, I was in Tulsa uh, when you came down uh, to start playing yeah. but uh, can, can you kind of talk about what that's like because not a lot of people uh, go through that transition. So if I have a chance to figure out what happened to you, then, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Good, good information for everybody. Well, I just, um, you know, I wanted to keep playing really, and I wasn't ready to be done. And I thought, well, now's the time you can't, you're not going to be able to come back in a couple of years, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, kind of, it was that easy really. And then, then just had to decide, you know, to go for it and really get an opportunity. And so what happened, what, what happened for me was after, um, senior year ended, we actually got ousted, um, from the playoffs earlier than expected my senior year, which was disappointing, right? Just devastated mm -hmm. about it, but, and didn't get a bid into the national tournament. So we were done, but then, um, my coach actually, knew a couple guys in Madison and Madison had a minor league pro team at the time and, um, and made a phone call and just said, Hey, you know, if you need a guy, you know, Derek wants to keep playing and he's willing to come down and, you know, get permission to leave class or whatever, if you can to, to do, uh, you know, anything that you need him to do for games or practices or whatever. And so ended up, they, uh, I guess they had a supplemental draft for college kids at the end of the year and drafted me. And then I was able to go and play for, I think it was like, um, four regular season games and then like seven playoff games during, during my senior year. So I would commute from Madison to Stevens point, um, for class for, I missed Monday. I got permission to leave, uh, to leave my classes on Monday. And then I would commute back and forth, um, on the other days and on the weekend. And so that really kind of got me, my foot in the door, so to speak, into the pro scene, mm -hmm. um, which I was really happy about because that's what I, that was my goal was to graduate and then try to pursue, you know, a pro career. And then, you know, you got your whole life to work, right? This was my yeah. mindset. So, um, so I did, that's what I did and, and finished the season there. And then the team got sold and moved to Kalamazoo. So I went in, to Kalamazoo um, and spent two thirds of the season there. And then ended up going to Monroe, Louisiana, um, for the last like I don't know quarter, third of the my rookie my my true rookie season, mm -hmm. and um, and from there ended up in Tulsa the following year. And then Tulsa, where is where I kind of landed, right? That's where yeah, that's, where me coming in, and that's what I would say. Yeah, I'm a little biased, um, but yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's where it got real. Yeah, Tulsa. Yeah. So, so 
I, I, I did want to bring this up too because, uh, and I can't remember exactly, but did you, were you, did you get in town the same season as the cables or was that, I know it was close. I just didn't know it was the same season. Did you guys end up down there the same time? I got a bit of a crazy story. I, I, Here we go. to answer your question, yes, I did. But I didn't make the team in Tulsa right away. So mm-hmm. what happened was in Monroe, um, at the end of the year in Monroe, I, um, I broke both of my shoulders, like on the same play, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, won't go into the details cause it's embarrassing, but yeah. I had my head down. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Happens to the best of us, Derek. Yeah. Uh, a guy came out of the penalty box. I didn't know he was out. Should have had more clock. I was killing a penalty. He came out and, well, my teammate shouldn't have passed it either because I was going for <laughs> You got, you got the He was coming pass. the other way in, like a freight train and hammered me. And I broke my shoulder on the hit. And then when I landed, I separated the other one. So, oh, my God. So, I, I was like done. Like, yeah. Devastated. Like, and so, um, with that. I didn't really have a place to play. I didn't have a super great rookie season anyway. So two broken shoulders, that wasn't really, you know, a hot commodity, so to speak, to say the least. And so, um, you know, long story short, I, I got a tryout in Tulsa. Um, and it was the same year to the cables. They basically got it for me, to be honest with you. And um, through Gary Hunger. And he, I don't think he even wanted me to come to the trial, but they, they're like, just come down, try out, blah, blah, blah. Ended up having a really good tryout, but he said, I can't take you. I've committed to these other guys under contract, but if you want to stay around and, and practice, you're welcome to. So I did. And I stayed around and, um, practiced with the team and then went and worked, uh, in Tulsa for a, like a remodel remodeler guy, mm-hmm. uh, after practice and did that for a couple months. And, you know, um, I can remember thinking this, like I was like cleaning a window or like scraping paint off a window and I got a degree. Right. And I got, you know, like a little bit of pride, right? Like I've worked really hard to this point. Right. I'm like, how long am I going to do this? I'm thinking to myself, you know, and, and, um, I was just like, Lord, like I'm good with whatever you, you have for me here, but I just, I don't know how much longer I can do this. <laughs> like, yeah. like I just need to know what I'm doing, you know, like this wasn't the plan. Right. Yeah. Um, um, so I was just like, um, thinking that for a couple of like weeks and then sure enough, a spot opened up for me to jump in a game in Tulsa. And I think I had like a goal in this and played great. And then uh, Gary Buck kicky kept me on the rest of the year and I kind of stuck in Tulsa from there. So, right. but that's, that's, that's sticking around. You got to think though, that Gary appreciated the, the fact that you were going to grind it out and that, you know, I think that that kind of, uh, is the way that he is and that he's played. I mean, uh, one of the NHL greats, I'll go ahead and call him that, but yeah, you, gotta, he you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta think that he, he knew and he saw, you know, um, that, that you were invested in it and obviously you got that opportunity, which is awesome. Yeah. So I'm very thankful for that. Right. Like it was, I met my wife in Tulsa after that and, and that's the bigger deal really, you know, so mm-hmm. out of the grand scheme of things. And so, um, you know, I'm just thankful that I had that opportunity. It wasn't easy, you know, it's easy to quit in situations like that. And maybe, maybe you should, maybe you should. I felt like I, I, I shouldn't, but I was getting near the end of it. I will say that. 
I was yeah. like, okay, you know, what do I do here? Like, I don't want to, you know, I need, I need to be a little bit responsible with my life. Cause I, w there was no sign of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, but you know, that's just how life works. Sometimes you got an opportunity and I did my best going in. If I wouldn't have happened after that, at least I could have said, you know what? I gave my best. Didn't yeah. work out, you know, well, and, yeah. and, and whatever, but it did. And I'm happy it did. I, um, you know, we, I, we ended up living in Tulsa for 20 years. So I've lived mm -hmm. in Tulsa longer than anywhere really in my life. So yeah um just great city great little yeah yeah well well and it, it's awesome too because you know I'm, I'm thinking of you know you're you're in the store you're scraping paint off of glass you know but you have all that you have a skill set you have things that you know you obviously have been working towards they're not working out there but at the end of the day you ended up playing professional hockey you you meet uh your wife uh you have a family you get yeah. your, your kid like you know it's it's there, there was a lot more story uh, after that frustration, and every I'm sure everybody has those moments of frustration where they're like, "Why? What? Just tell like I'm fine. Just but can you please just can you be more clear?" And sometimes you just have to allow that to happen, you know? Yeah, and it works out. Yeah, it's tough when you go through it, though. You know, like mm -hmm. when you look back on it, it seems like it was is easier than it was. But when you're in the when you're in the fire, so to speak, that that flame's pretty hot. You know, it's yeah, it's pretty yeah. hot. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but it, it's funny get, getting older and looking back on those times. You know, you just you're looking back on a younger version of yourself that didn't know what was to come. You know, so in that yeah. in that in that moment, it's very genuine and very authentic the way that you're feeling. But sometimes, just you know, if there are times that you could go back and tell your younger self, "Hey, it turns out everything will be okay." You know, and and right. be fine. Yeah. You know, there, there are there are moments where, where that certainly is the case. But um, I did want to get in. We have a, just a little bit more time left, um, but I, I did want to get in before we leave um, what you ended up doing kind of after your playing career, because uh, you became a, a big part of the uh, Tulsa hockey uh, youth community. Um, I would say that you were already a part of the community uh, at large, but uh, yeah. then you started becoming involved in, in the youth hockey there. Um, so can you kind of talk about uh, how that ended up happening. Uh, yeah. So, um, after, after that, just to kind of like try to fast forward a little bit, played in Tulsa a couple of years and then went to, uh, Jacksonville for my final year, ended up injuring my shoulder a bunch of times again, and then just decided to say, okay, it's time to move on. Um, I was able to go right after my first year, moved to Dallas for a year and I coached youth hockey in Dallas for the Dallas ice shits with Carson Cable, who's Clay's brother. Um, and Clay and I are best friends. And, and so we played in Tulsa together and in Jacksonville. So I was able to coach you with hockey there, but then after that, we moved back to Tulsa. And so that is where I was, uh, for, you know, for 20 years after that, um, went back to Tulsa and actually got really involved with my church, got to church in, in Tulsa at the mm -hmm. time and ended up going into full-time ministry for uh, about three or four years there was really involved and then went into sales after that selling rvs for a few years and uh in the process started having children you know and then when my son was about the age where he could walk that's when he can skate right mm -hmm. of course every, every hockey dad thinks that right mm -hmm. um no i'm just kidding <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um you're not too far off but, but he was pretty young, you know, and so I'm going to start getting back on the ice, you know? And so we'll start going around TYHA. It was the Tulsa Youth Hockey Association. And 
you know, and, and just kind of feeling it out and trying to help out as much as possible. And, and what ended up happening was after we were around for a while, we were uh, helping out with a team um, that was there and then um, decided to do like a mic team that would travel a little bit to get mm -hmm. um, some exposure to some different competition. And the rink was, um, the rink wasn't doing good. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, they just decided to say, Hey, would you guys be willing to talk about Clage and I would be willing to, you know, oversee the program. And so we're like, well, absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. Because, you know, they knew our vision. You need to train to get good, right? You, you have to get reps to get good. And of course that means renting more ice. Right. And right. so. So that's kind of actually the truth of how it all went down. And uh, from there, it just grew. We just put our hand to it and really worked hard. We, you know, we were getting volunteers to help, you know, recruit their friends. And we we're going into schools and giving donuts and flyers out to try hockey. And we had, you know, I remember one year we had a try hockey for free day once a month um, just to try get, to get kids in the game. And then. You know what happened that really helped Adam after we were starting to get established a little bit more with more kids at the younger levels is the, um, the play, the try hockey for free program, mm -hmm. uh, or no learn to play program from the yeah. Dallas stars, the Dallas stars learn to play program, which you're obviously really familiar with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very much. Well, they reached out to us. They reached out to us because we're in the TV market and said, would you be interested in doing it? I go, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anybody ever said no? <laughs> <laughs> Who says no? Like, no. Sign me up. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. So like, yeah. And that honestly was so good. There's kids playing travel hockey. have been playing travel hockey for years now in Tulsa at this point that have started in learn to play hockey mm -hmm. in Tulsa. So like kudos to them for reaching out. Right. And, and just helping grow the game. And it really helped. Tulsa youth hockey grow, you know, and to this day yeah. it does. So yeah. very thankful for that. Um, and just thankful for all the people involved. It takes, it takes parents that are committed, you know, to, yeah. to really just rally around the organization and that's what, what happened. And, and so it was just a tight, tight little community that kept growing and growing and growing. And, and, you know, you know, from your days that when TYHA was like that, right. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. The, 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 it's just, there's something special about it. So got to experience that there. And, um, and so did that for a while and got to be, you know, decided to jump, uh, jump off the sales bandwagon and just do hockey full time and started, you know, basically doing lessons. We started a hockey Academy during the day, which we call mm -hmm. the school of hockey, which is still going to this day in Tulsa. So just a lot of cool training opportunities that really, um, you know, were kind of, yeah. Uh, brought forth there and then the program and you know and um yeah. just blessed to be a part of it so yeah I, well and and i think one of the cool things and you know granted the majority of the people that listen to this are in the you know dfw area and they're yeah. kind of used to things being a certain way but tulsa is a smaller community and it's one of those things where you really do just need as much support as you can get from your parents or the families that are involved or whatever it, it is really one of like one of those where like everybody can be a part of it like there is almost not like a huge barrier to entry like if you think that you have something that you could do whether or not you can like score keep or you can you know it's just one of those to where the it, it's a it's a smaller community than it is down here granted down here is one of the you know largest <laughs> communities so we're kind of 
talking yeah. about opposite ends of the spectrum here, but it's one yeah. of those, you know, one, one of the things I do miss about Tulsa, though, is it wouldn't be uncommon to just kind of look around and be like, hey, like, can you help out or can you help with this? But most of the time, you know, those people want to be involved and it. It makes people feel like they're a part of that community, I guess, if, if you could say that. And that's one thing that I definitely remember from my days of growing up in Tulsa mm -hmm. is that the moms were involved, the dads were involved. You know, everybody was pretty much uh, involved at that point because it wasn't it was a great hockey community, but it just wasn't big enough to where we could just rely on, you know, uh, everybody else to do it like we had to do it. But then, you know, there's there's kind of some ownership behind that, too. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, anytime you get, there's, there's, I think there's like, like anything in life, there's pros and cons to mm -hmm. each situation. And I think one of the pros with a smaller, whether it's Tulsa or somewhere else is that because of that more family feel, there's, there's that opportunity to, to connect a little easier, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, but you also are in each other's business a little bit more too. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so there's a con maybe, or maybe not depending on how you do it, you know, but, you know, everyone that's yes. And they know you and they know <laughs> uh -huh. what your butt looks like. And they know how to get a hold of you and they know, <laughs> they know the people so, that can get a hold of you if they can't get a hold of you. But, you know, and, and at the same time too, like, um, you know, you go to a bigger market and there's just actually, there's more opportunity, you know, like there's, there's mm -hmm. just more kids. There's, you know, there's, higher end players because just of the sheer numbers of it. And, and so, but the one thing we did try to do in Tulsa is provide the kids that did want to go further in their career, an opportunity to do that, at least get them in the ballpark to do yeah. that, you know, like mm -hmm. build their skill, get them in the right mindset so that when they're ready to have to make a jump and our goal initially was to keep them there. But, you know, obviously as we grew a little older and understood the landscape of how, things were changing with youth hockey, you understand how it works, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and so you just kind of reside to the fact that, you know, if you're going to well, want to play division one college hockey at some point, you're yeah. probably going to have to move away at some well, point. But it, yeah. it, it, it was that way. Uh, I mean, even, even when I was growing up, it was still kind of that way. And we, we had a lot of, and you know this, but there's a lot of really good hockey players in Tulsa, but at the end of the day, sometimes, they have to kind of make that decision of, you know, what are my odds here? What are my odds uh, elsewhere? Um, and that's that, that, yeah, and but that but that's fine. And that's also that's uh, that, that's not just a Tulsa thing. It's like that in every little market. You might be from a small town that has a great hockey community, but if you're kind of looking to make that next step, sometimes you just have to. You know, it happens everywhere. This is not uh, specific to a hundred percent. No, a hundred percent. They're just one of them in the whole in the whole spectrum of all the different you know hockey communities out there but you know it's just kind of the way it is right now and um you know and i think it'll probably always be like that at this point where mm -hmm. you know i don't th what's hard about it is that the families need guidance like especially in a non-traditional market you yep. need guidance as to when to do that and one thing i have seen more and more is that i feel like families leave too early you know yep. um you know there's a it's a long road and, you know, there's always time to develop and kids develop at different rates. So there's no pet like, answer for, for one, any one kid. It's like very situational, you know, like mm -hmm. depending on where they're at in their development, you know, how old are they? How much time do they have before they actually really do need to play like at a tier one level, you know? So, I mean, there's just so many factors and that's why it's just really important to have a good relationship with your association leaders. 
and get to to, to know them so that you can trust them, you know, to, mm-hmm. to help make, to help you make the right decision as a parent, you know, yeah. that's, you know, that's basically kind of one thing we wanted to provide as we started to grow. Like we wanted to do it ourselves at first and then we're like, oh, that's not probably, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. So then we're like, well, we want to at least provide the best opportunity we can for everybody that wants to go. And then we also wanted to provide a good hockey experience for kids that want to play hockey. You know? Yeah. Cause it gets, lo- it gets play. lost. It gets, well, and here's the thing. It gets lost on people that that is, that should be an option is to, you know, yes. just play for fun. Like that is all like, it's like, you shouldn't feel bad about just wanting to play for fun. Not at That's all. A, <laughs> that is a real thing. And to be honest with you, it can be healthier most of the time. Like, you know, like it, it's not meant, you know, and you have a lot of these parents that almost just, it's almost like they stress out more than they want to. Cause it's like, is your kid having fun? It's like, oh yeah, he just loves to play hockey. It's like, well, just allow him to and this is also a broad brush uh, stroke here but it's one of those like okay then he's doing great like he's having fun playing the sport he loves like it now if that kid is deciding hey i want to do this and that whatever but you know sometimes there's not necessarily a reason to you know shake a kid up that's just having fun playing the sport that he likes you know Uh, so i I do think that gets lost on uh some parents sometimes now sometimes yeah but i think you know just speaking specifically of of Tulsa is like, they've got a really good rec program there, like good house league that, mm-hmm. um, and again, it goes back to the parents that are helping run it, you know, that really help provide that great experience for those kids that just, they just want to come in and play hockey in the winter, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. which is great, man. That's awesome. You know? So, yeah. you know, we would just want people to be exposed to the game and, and see what happens from there and learn life lessons and, yeah. and continue to grow. So no, I was, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, blessed and thankful for the opportunity and the time that I had in Tulsa and with, with the youth hockey program and helping grow it to what it is today. And Clage is now running it. Clage Cable's uh, overseeing it right now and doing mm-hmm. an awesome job. And like he always has, and you know, when we were doing it together, it was, it was just really fun to, to bounce things off each other and really kind of help make big decisions together and, 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 in, in something that was really new to us, you know, like no one mm-hmm. who's, who's run a, a, a small market youth hockey pro, not many people, you know, yeah. like, yeah. like, and, well, and yeah. for the families and the boards that are out there that are doing it, like, like, it's not easy, you know, but, like it's, there's a lot of behind the, behind the scenes conversations and decisions that go unnoticed that really do make, make a big difference. And, you know, the people that are on boards, whether they're in a big market or small market, deserve a lot of credit. They, they spend a lot of time in putting into their efforts into making it a great experience for the kids and the program they're representing. And, um, and you know, if it wasn't for them, it wouldn't be going like it is. So, you know, there's just so many facets to youth hockey, the parent involvement, the parenting of their, their player, and then the players themselves, right? Like, and then the coaches and then. This yep. whole like cultural thing and each, each organization is a little different. And, and, but the great thing about hockey, Adam, is that this is probably the reason you're doing the podcast <laughs> is that when you, when you look at the overall picture of, of, if you consider yourself a hockey person, man, there's so many great people out there. There's just so many great people involved, mm-hmm. you know, that you just love talking. I like, I've listened to some of your podcasts and the guys on on the show that you've done that they're just great guys, you know, that just mm-hmm. love hockey and, and played whether it is really high level or, or 
not, you know, they're still just doing. The- yeah. Well, and, the, and, and one of the cool things, the, one of the cool things I like, and uh, sorry that I keep calling us old, Derek, I promise we're not that old. I mean, we're, gonna, we're older. We're I'm older. We're you up the next time. <laughs> yeah. Next time, next time I see you in real, real life, I'm going to have to start running the other way, but we're a little bit, we're a little bit older than when we knew each other. Well, uh, I guess right. is what I'm trying to say, but right. the funny part is, you know, I have, I have people like you and, and other coaches, uh, you know, or other players that have started playing hockey of five and they still have the same amount of enthusiasm for the game when they're, you know, in their thirties, early forties, whatever it may be. But that enthusiasm just like hasn't left. And I don't feel like it's left me. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, like there's a lot of cool stuff here. And just like anything yeah. else, there are some things that are negative that, that you know, we try and do our best yeah. to kind of make sure are not a part of the game. But you're going to find that with any sport or any uh, athletic competition. Absolutely. But at, at the yeah. end of the day, I'm really looking for people to come on the show that are just still super enthused about the sport, you know. And if, if you know, you think about your career, your life playing this game has been because I think about I started when I was five or six. I'm 36 now, so that means 30 years. And when I say that out loud, that seems crazy. But I'm yeah. still super excited about the sport and the people that you meet. Um, I don't know. It's just it's a it's a great community to be, to, to be a part of. It is, yeah. It really is. Yeah, but uh, hey, I do want to get, and this will be the last thing that I ask okay. you about, and then I, and then I'll let you go. But um, I just want to know what you're doing now. Um, I know that you had a. Uh, I think it was today, a long day of tryouts today. Yeah. Um, but the 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 star the stars elite are having their tryouts now. I know that you're involved with them, and then you might possibly uh, be involved with another organization. But I'll let you uh, just tell me or tell us what you're doing. Yeah. So um, this year I am coaching with the Dallas Penguins at the uh, 10UA level, the 2013 birth year. Um, I'm head coach of their travel team there. And um, I'm also an organizational coach at the Dallas Stars Elite, which means I'm just going to bounce around to the different birth years and help where it's needed. Sometimes coaches can't make it to a game or a practice or they just want a little help, a little extra help at practice or like at tryouts. Today I was helping, you know, several different birth years with various things. So kind of just uh, one of those guys that's there to, you know, I've, I've been around a while and just, you know, I can kind of handle every situation. So kind of more of a utility, um, type role. Yeah, and Swiss so, army knife of hockey. Yeah. yeah. So I'm happy to, 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 to do that and, uh, help where I'm needed there. And then of course I do on ice training sessions and I started a, a hockey IQ program, actually just like a side training program for, um, for youth hockey players where I do video analysis of mm-hmm. their shifts and I meet with them on a zoom call once a week. And in the summer I'm doing once a week on ice, uh, training with them too. It's, it's kind of hard during the season with their, with all the practices to consider oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But in the spring and summer, I've been doing that and that's been going really good. Just kind of teaching, uh, the players, um, how to have good decision-making skills and the concepts of the game and, and just positioning and, and how that affects the, their success in the game, you know, and, and then yeah. they see themselves do it and, you know, and there's video and voiceover and, you know, arrows and stuff. It's kind of cool for them, but, um, we're in the video age and I just, I was, I've been listening to parents over the last eight or nine years in this part of the country in the South, you know, and you know, the majority of them, the overwhelming majority of them have told me if I'm just 
having a coffee or dinner at dinner or something, you know, and, you know, I played baseball or I, I didn't play a sport, but my kid loves hockey. I just don't know what to tell him. You know, I don't know Mm -hmm. what to tell him what to do, you know? And so I know I need to get him in training sessions. I know I need to do this, this, but I don't know what to tell him. If he's asking, why didn't I, why didn't I play as good today? Well, I don't know what to tell him, you know, because they didn't play the game. Right. Yes. And, and so, um, I'm just hearing this over and over and over again. And so it kind of clicked in my head and really COVID kind of brought it about because we're all, you know, we're all sitting around and I was kind of like researching video analysis tools and it kind of clicked. I'm like, you know what? There's a way to help kids here. I think, you know, that want it, right. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to do it, but like if a parent's like, oh man, I just want someone to help my child understand the game better. I keep hearing this. Right. And, and so I kind of rolled out this program and it's been going really good. Like I, I've had some pretty good success players learning how to get open and just like the little things or, or not being so reactive, just being learning how to anticipate a play yeah. better, you know, and just stuff that, you know, you really honestly wouldn't know to look for unless you played the game for a while, you know, yeah. Yeah. um, and, and had a coach tell you over and over again. Right. But, um, so I just, you know, uh, that's exactly why I started I just kept hearing the same thing in, in these conversations I'm having with parents. And so I thought I'd give it a go and it's just going great. So yeah, those, well, those, those are the things I'm doing right now, Adam. It's going well, good. That's awesome. And to be honest with you, like, um, it's like a new tool, you know, this video uh analysis type because this was not something i mean it was sort of available when we were younger but now i mean each parent can take their own video or you can have it off live barn or you can there, there, there's so many different ways to to kind of utilize that as a tool that was not possible before you know so it's just at yeah. any point now i feel like parents can get video of your kids and the other thing too is i don't think a lot of people to realize um but when you're playing hockey, I know that it's easy to see, oh, that player missed that pass or da da da. But that player's got a lot of stuff going on in that moment, you know, and it's not necessarily yeah. to see that guy. But if you, but it's almost like every hockey player for the most part wishes they could uh, zoom out, you know, a hundred times or whatever and see everything they would love to. And it's kind of giving them an, uh, an option or to say, hey, because a lot of the times that player remembers that play from their point of view, you know, and or at least I do or did. But it's one of those things, you know, when, when you're showing that player that play, they're like, OK, I know I maybe coughed the puck up here. I didn't have a good line of sight. I didn't see. So you can actually show him things that he did not see in that moment. He or she uh, did not yeah, see in that, yeah. in that moment. And it, it's 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 good. Like there's a reason why every NHL team has like two or three guys that literally have a career just watching video and saying, hey, uh, this is a you know, that's, yeah. a, that's that, that they're they're investing a lot more in that. And that's a good idea. Yeah, it's no, it's good. You're absolutely right. And when, when you see yourself, um, I think the biggest thing for the kids is when they see themselves and they kind of remember the play vaguely or maybe, maybe vividly, but at least vaguely, they can say, oh, well, that's not what I was thinking there. But then Mm -hmm. when you point out, well, this is what you should be thinking there, or this is where you should be looking. It's just, it's not even corrective. It's just more of a light bulb moment where it's like, oh, I I didn't know I was supposed to do that, you know? And and, and so it's really fun to just kind of see the, not, it's almost like an innocence, like an ignorant in, innocence just because they don't know, you know, and yeah. you don't know what you don't know. And until someone tells you, then, you know, right. So it's like, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's that simple, but it, like, it takes a minute. It's hard to do in the moment. I've, I've coached a long time. It's really hard to do 
verbally to young boys. Boys are yes. visual. Boys yeah. are visual, right? They're visual. And so when you can show them on the video and then explain it also, it tends to click a little better. So that's yeah. what I found with this with this uh, program. I call it the Game Changer program. It's a video analysis program. But, um, you know, I, it's 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 a really cool tool. We're in the digital age. It's never been easier to do it. You know, yeah. so back well, back yeah. up, they, the coaches cut VHS all night just to just to have a ten minute video session. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, and and the thing is, and this is kind of the cheap way to do it. But you know, uh, we used to have like uh, whatever you want to call them, um, uh, scrimmages, controlled scrimmages. So essentially, you know, you're doing the controlled scrimmage, but then you blow the whistle down. But then all the kids move around for like an extra five seconds, so it's never the way that you planned it. And then you got to go back and be like oh you remember and sometimes they don't like but you're trying to do that with that controlled scrimmage but it just takes so much time you know in, in order to do that whereas nowadays you could just let them play and just do your control part at the end of it you know it's just mm -hmm. that, that that that's where that site comes in because i can remember when i was growing up uh, i don't know if you remember uh john wyrick and my dad they used to love controlled scrimmages so yeah. most of the time you tell you tell kids like hey we're gonna scrimmage everybody's like yeah but the controlled scrimmage was like, oh, because we knew that like at any point it was just going to be whistle. We we're going to have to like listen to him for a while it, instead of just letting that play play out. And if you have a video of it, you can just go back later. You know, right. it's just it, yeah. it, it, I feel like it, it saves a, a lot of time and effort on that end. But uh, anyway, Derek, uh, we are getting this is the uh, the almost the end of the show. Yeah, this is, this is the last last segment that we have. And this is the only segment that has any rules. Uh, but this is the shout out. I don't know if you know what the shout out <laughs> is, but this is where you have to uh, say something positive. It could be a shout out for your friends and or family. That's kind of like the easiest one to do where you can just kind of, you know, thank friends and family, which that works. Uh, it could be a coaching mantra. It could be an idea. Uh, it could be for someone, uh, somebody that helped you along the way. Um, but it just has to be something positive and it has to be vocal. So that's really the only two rules. And so if you're prepared, uh, are you ready for the shout out? I am. I am now prepared, Adam. Okay, because I I gave I I talk long enough, and I'm I'm doing it again. But I usually talk <laughs> long enough to where it gives people a little bit more time to think about what it is that they might say. Uh, but I just you know I'm here to buy people time. That's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So is it my time to shout out? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So, well, shout out to a lot of different people. First of all, um, I. Just, want to recognize um my lord and savior jesus christ i'm a christian and i'm not like super vocal about it with my with my my teams and my players mm -hmm. but it is something that's very dear to me and 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 i'm very um and very real obviously i um and i just i'm so thankful for um his forgiveness and grace in my life and um and hopefully, you know, just through the fruit of my life, I can be uh, someone that, you know, can be somewhat of an example of, of, a, of a good Christian. You know, someone who loves God, not perfect, makes mistakes, but loves God, you know. And, and um, so I'm just thankful for his faithfulness in my life. And, um, and I'm also thankful for my family. I'm thankful for um, my Tulsa family, my Tulsa hockey family. Uh, everybody that we've actually already talked about in the youth hockey program that I love and know so dear. 
and my church family there and, and my, my actual in-law family and, and, uh, and then my new friends and family in Dallas, you know, I've got to know a lot of great families and, and players and people in Dallas. So I'm just really thankful for the opportunity that I get to, um, teach hockey and, and pour into the next generation and, um, do what I love and, and be a part of people's life and make a positive impact. And, and so I'd like to thank everybody that is involved with that. Wow. That's in a, Dallas and in Tulsa. I think that, everybody. That's a very good shout out. That's very I good. Think, I literally thanked everybody, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Everybody from here all the way up. You pretty much just went straight up north and uh, just, uh, everybody along the way was uh, was getting a shout out. But no, that's what it's here for. Uh, you know, I don't think there's, there, there's definitely not a rule that is like, oh, you've uh, shown too much love or too much appreciation uh, for the shout out. So I, I don't think, well, well I don't think it's even possible. Yeah, I yeah. think for the opportunity for the shout out, I don't really get a whole lot of shout out opportunities, but yeah, um, I got to thinking about him like, man, there's a lot to be thankful for here. No, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, I think you're doing a great job and, um, on your passion for hockey is pretty obvious. Yeah. Well, Hey, uh, I, I thank you for that. And, uh, I really enjoy the fact that, um, you know, it's funny and I'll tell this real quick and then I have my own shout out so you can't get out right away, but it's one of those things that's funny because, uh, they'll, uh, there's people down here that'll be like, Hey, like, uh, ran into your, your, your buddy, uh, Toninato or you're right. But like, there's a lot of people that don't realize how small the hockey community is. And yeah. that there's a lot, there's a lot of people, or even when they talk about the cables or they talk about whoever, it's like, they're talking about people that I've known for, you know, almost 15, 20 years now. And the thing is, we're it's easy for us both to sit where we are now, uh, being old, older, grumpier men. Uh, no, maybe I'm just grumpy, but it's one of those things to where it, it's just nice that the that there's people that are still involved in the community, even though I'm not in the same community that I was before. You're not in the same community, but there's just still so much. Uh, I don't know. There's still so many people along the way that I've known for a while. And granted, some people have moved around the country, but there's you know a handful of people that are in the DFW uh, world now that I've known from other places. And if anything, that should show that it's a small community and to treat yeah. with respect. Because uh, at the end of the day, um, I don't know. Everybody kind of knows everybody down here, but. Yeah. Uh, if you if you are ready for my shout out, I am. it's coming. So, and here's the weird part is uh, the rule doesn't apply to me. Mine could be negative, but I'm not going to be negative. Um, okay. At least not today not for this okay. recording. Um, but I, I actually wanted to shout out. Um, I wanted to shout out the Tulsa Oilers. Um, and here's kind of a, a, a reason. It's kind of a twofold reason. Um, I have really enjoyed the fact that the stars and the Oilers have offered, and I think this might be like the third year in a row. It might be more than that. Um, but they offer the Tulsa Classic, which allows a pre-game, yeah. sorry, a, pre, a preseason game to be played at the BOK. And uh, the BOK is a beautiful, beautiful arena. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing spot to go to. Um, but I just wanted to shout out that they have a game on September 27th between the uh, Coyotes and the Stars. Um, but that's always a cool thing for the, the Tulsa hockey community. And they're really uh, super involved in that. But a big reason I feel like why that happens is just because of what we were talking about um, and things being closer and not so far apart as they might appear. Um, you know, Tulsa and Oklahoma City, 
Uh, I feel like I have good relationships with uh, a lot of coaches and a lot of organizations uh, down here in Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, so yeah. I think my shout my shout out might be for more of the connectivity or the connectedness uh, between uh, Oklahoma and Texas and the Stars and uh, the Oilers, the ECHL team. Um, but yeah, it's it's smaller than people uh, think it is. So that's that's my shout out. That's awesome. Very yeah. good. True yeah. too. Yeah, but. Uh, Anyway, um, there's only one last thing I need to say, and then I will let you go, Derek, but I need to tell everybody how to get a hold of us. Uh, they can check us out on faceoffspotpodcast.com. I'll say that one more time. It's faceoffspotpodcast.com. Uh, you can check us out on Spotify. Uh, we are also on iTunes. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, we're on Instagram. Those are all places that uh, the people can check us out, Derek. Um, but if, if there is anything that we missed... Uh, let me know and we can talk about it. Uh, but if not, then we can end the show. 